SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The postseason is in the air right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. The NFL playoffs just two days away. A Saturday doubleheader that kicks off Super Wild Card Weekend across the National Football League. Now into the playoffs six games this weekend two on saturday three on sunday the first ever monday night football game in nfl playoff history and we break it all down here today on tma and take a look at what it all means for the path to the super bowl as well we'll also go across the sports landscape a huge night last night across the association in the NBA. The biggest games you need to know and where things are trending now at the midway point of the NBA season. We'll also check in on college hoops. It is a great time in college basketball, fully in the thick of conference play, game in, game out, night in, night out. Some spectacular marquee matchups we let you know about across the top 25. We do that all here on a Thursday on the morning after. A great guest list for you across our three hours, and we bring you up until noon eastern time let's begin in the nfl not with a team in action on this wild card weekend but the number one overall seed in the nfc the green bay packers earning a buy until the divisional round next week which has allowed the packers and the titans on the afc side some time to rest some time to chill some time to get healthier and yesterday aaron Rodgers, after practice for the green bay packers which he has not done a ton of lately did speak to the media and mentioned how this bye week is already feeling immensely beneficial for that injured pinky toe that has become infamous across the NFL. From when we saw it on a Zoom press conference to where it is now, Aaron Rodgers said yesterday he expects that pinky toe to be 100% healthy and ready to go by the time the Packers get underway in the postseason next weekend at Lambeau Field. So as we look at all of that, as we take a look, as the playoffs are about to start in just about 48 hours from now, We can look at where things stand in the Super Bowl market because those Green Bay Packers with quarterback Aaron Rodgers are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Plus 380 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. 70 cents ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs who have the second best odds to win the Super Bowl at plus 450. When you correlate those odds, it makes sense that Green Bay is the favorite to win the Super Bowl and Kansas City has the second shortest odds because... Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers also the favorites to win the NFC Championship at plus 170. The Chiefs the favorite to win the AFC Championship at plus 175. As we continue diving through some of those Super Bowl markets, you will see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the third best odds at plus 750. Then as you continue to dive through that board, you can also look at other areas on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And what's so fascinating about Aaron Rodgers speaking yesterday and saying the foot and the toe will be 100% healthy and the Green Bay Packers have that bye week to utilize and rest and get ready to go for whoever they will play in the divisional round. It is big when you look also in a correlated market to be the Super Bowl MVP. Because if you're looking right now at the Green Bay Packers at plus 380 and you want a little bit more plus money, how about Aaron Rodgers to win the Super Bowl MVP at plus 
50. This is a very interesting market as well because the top nine favorites that you see there, the nine best odds, as we are about to welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to the opening hour of the morning after on this Sports Grid Network. You are listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, the mightier, and all that great terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday on the morning after. Just two days away from the start of the NFL postseason, and we are breaking down all the correlated markets you need to know as it pertains to the future in the NFL. The hunt for the Lombardi Trophy, a trip to Los Angeles and SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl 56. So not only the favorite team to win the Super Bowl in the Green Bay Packers, but the quarterback of Green Bay's organization, number 12 in green, Aaron Rodgers, the favorite to win the Super Bowl MVP at plus 450. So dive through that board right there, and you will see the top nine names, the nine best odds to win the Super Bowl MVP are all quarterbacks. The first non-quarterback, King Henry himself, Derrick Henry, tied for the ninth best odds with Kyler Murray at 28 to 1. Four of the last five Super Bowl MVPs have been quarterbacks. Nine of the last 12 Super Bowl MVPs have been quarterbacks. That really should not be a surprise by any means. But again, know those trends as you dive in to not only the Super Bowl odds, but the Super Bowl MVP odds. And if Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers get to SoFi Stadium in L.A. for Super Bowl 56 and they win that game, it will more than likely be Aaron Rodgers taking home not only his second Super Bowl trophy, but a Super Bowl MVP on top of that. And as things stand right now, Aaron Rodgers, the heavy odds-on favorite to win the regular season MVP for the second straight year. Minus 500 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook is Aaron Rodgers to win the NFL MVP. There has been some chatter that Tom Brady is more deserving. He has the second best odds at plus 400. Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom's head coach said it would be a true crime if Tom Brady did not win the NFL MVP, but at least as indicated by the odds right now, that seems like Aaron Rodgers' award for the second straight year. Minus 500 on FanDuel to win the NFL MVP. That is a big picture view of what the NFL playoffs look like entering the postseason just two days away and looking at the path and the odds and what it indicates and who the favorites will be to claim the Super Bowl Lombardi Trophy when all is said and done. Next up, though, we go to basketball around the association, recapping a huge Wednesday night in the league. Stay with us here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Around the association time here on the morning after on a Thursday on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens. A huge Wednesday night across the NBA. A huge Eastern Conference showdown between the two top teams in the East that we will let you know what happened in Chicago last night at the United Center in just moments. But we start with a little bit of breaking news across the NBA. Yesterday, Sham Sharania of The Athletic saying that Damian Lillard, the point guard, of course, for the Portland Trailblazers, will have abdomen surgery in hopes of repairing the issues he has dealt with through a good majority of the early going of this NBA season. But because of that abdomen surgery, 
Damian Lillard is out indefinitely. They estimate this timeline will be somewhere between six to eight weeks. That's a pretty substantial amount of time, around two months or so, now deep into the NBA season. You might be paying attention to the NBA for the first time since Christmas Day, a couple of weeks after now starting in this new calendar year of 2022, but we're already at the midway point of the NBA season. If you go through the standings right now, most teams across both conferences, obviously a few postponements as they have dealt with some COVID issues in the NBA over the last month, but most teams have played at least 40 games, if not at their already halfway point of 42, 43, or 44 in this 82 game NBA season. So this will be a substantial amount of time missed for Dame in Portland. When you look at the Trailblazers this year, it has not been pretty. Portland just 16 and 24 straight up this year. They also have the second worst ATS record in the NBA at 15 and 25 against the number. They have won two straight, but in their last nine games, they have lost six of those last nine. In fact, since November 24th, the end of that month, pretty much, the Portland Trailblazers are just six and 16 straight up, only covering seven times in that 22-game span. So it has not been great for Portland this year, who entered the season in the preseason 30-1 to to win the Western Conference, the eighth-best odds in that title race. Now 80-1 to to win the Western Conference, tied for the ninth-best odds with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So not a great span of time for Portland, looking to turn around their season, and will hope to do that at least right now without Damian Lillard out indefinitely he will have abdomen surgery here very soon so as we go to the other conference an Eastern Conference showdown last night in Chi-Town a huge game between the Bulls who currently have the best record in the East and the Brooklyn Nets the favorites to win the Eastern Conference and the second best mark in that side of the league the line moved all over yesterday Chicago opened up as a slight pick favorite got up to one and a half two points earlier in the afternoon but by the time we got to tip late last night out in Chicago Brooklyn ended up being a one and a half point favorite in fact they have been a favorite in 35 of their 40 games and Brooklyn a blowout last night over the Chicago Bulls 138 112 over the Bulls a huge and I mean huge win for Brooklyn who has struggled this year against the best teams in the NBA struggled as a favorite entering yesterday just 10 23 and 1 ATS as a favorite when you are booked as the team expected to win the basketball game and you are not covering numbers obviously falling a little bit short of expectation so going on the road last night against a very good Chicago team and putting up 138 points for a big blowout victory a statement from the Brooklyn Nets it snapped a seven game non-cover streak for Brooklyn as well covering that one and a half point favorite side last night big nights from both Kevin Durant and James Harden KD goes for 27 points nine assists James Harden goes 25 points 16 dimes in seven boards so when you look at it from Brooklyn's side a big big win James Harden saying after the game this this performance is as good as we can be this shows you what we can do and that is why they are such a short favorite to win the eastern conference right now at plus 135 a favorite as well to win the nba championship at plus 260 look how short that price is on brooklyn plus 135 for a team that by all measure had struggled to live up to expectations and that's obviously goes with a little bit of a discussion there because 
Brooklyn's still the second best team in the Eastern Conference, at least record-wise right now. A bunch of games above 500. They have been winning basketball games, just not covering numbers. But at a certain point when you are playing the league's best and the game should be a little bit more competitive, that's how you can judge a team. If they are favored to win and they're not covering, maybe there's a couple of issues there lying underneath the surface. But a big win last night for Brooklyn. Again, 138 112. As we continue to dive through the Eastern Conference, keep an eye on those Charlotte Hornets. The Buzz right now have won four straight games, capping off that four-game winning streak last night on the road, beating the Philadelphia 76ers 109-98. Philly entered last night on a seven-game winning streak, a five-game cover streak. The last four of those five games as a favorite, and Charlotte ended all of that last night. Philly seven-game winning streak and five-game cover streak as the Hornets winning outright as a five-and-a-half-point underdog. So Charlotte has won four straight. They have covered in four straight games as well, the last two outright winners as an underdog. And when you look at the Hornets, the fourth-best against the spread record in all of the league this year, 26-16 and 16 ATS. They have been an underdog in 32 of their 42 games played so far this season, 19-13 and 13 ATS as a dog. So LaMelo Ball and company there in Charlotte doing a great job covering numbers also pay attention to that total because charlotte has done something very interesting here over this good stretch of play in the last two weeks or so the total of 225 and a hook last night stays under three straight unders for both philly and charlotte eight of the last 10 games for the hornets have gone under the reason i bring that up is because for a good portion of the start of this season charlotte had the highest over percentage in the nba by a substantial margin now some of those totals booked at a lofty number in charlotte playing consecutive unders now for three straight games and also eight of their last 10 under a huge win for the hornets who have now won four straight so as we tie all that back the huge showdown in chicago an upset victory for charlotte on the road last night the miami heat also going on the road and winning outright as an underdog let's take a look at the Eastern Conference title odds. The Nets, as we mentioned, a very short favorite at plus 135, over a dollar and a half ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks, who have the second best price at plus 300. Then those Miami Heat, the third shortest price, plus 550. They were 10 to 1 entering the year, have had their odds nearly cut in half. And on the road last night in Atlanta, Miami winning 115-91, winning outright as a two and a half point, three-point underdog. 13 and 2 against the spread this year as an underdog are the Miami Heat. That is the best ATS record as a dog in all of the NBA. 11 of those 13 covers as an underdog as well for Miami have been outright winners. Then you see Philadelphia and Chicago tied for the fourth shortest odds at 10 to 1. And then we mentioned the Charlotte Hornets right now have the seventh best record in the Eastern Conference. 55 to 1 though to win the conference crown keep an eye maybe not on their odds to win the east but if make playoff odds come back on the FanDuel Sportsbook Charlotte should hover around that 6-7 line maybe already into the postseason or should be a favored side at least to get out of the play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference going to the other side of things the Utah Jazz struggling right now in very familiar positions they have now lost four straight games as the cleveland cavaliers go into salt lake last night and get a 20-point victory 111 91 utah has been a favorite in 40 of 42 games this year it wasn't until last week that the jazz were booked as an underdog for the very first time this year and as a favorite in those 40 games 
just 18 and 22 against the number. They have not covered in their last four games overall, which is in clear opposition to the covering Cavaliers. Cleveland still the best ATS record in the NBA, 27-13 and 2. The Cavs winning outright last night as a five and a half point underdog, which the Cavs have been very good in that position this year. 17-18 and 1, or 17-8 and 1, excuse me, against the number as a dog. Also, Cleveland just straight up the sixth best record in the Eastern Conference, 24 and 18. A very young nucleus that has been fantastic in Cleveland. Darius Garland at the point guard position. Evan Mobley, who might win rookie of the year in the NBA, the rookie out of USC. And then the big lineup they do with Larry Markinen and also a great team there in Cleveland. It has been a successful start to the year. Back to the NFL, a preview of the postseason getting underway. Stay with us here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The NFL postseason starts in just two days, and we break that down here on the morning after on a Thursday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased right now to welcome on one of the hosts of Fantasy Sports today right here on The Grid, 12 p.m. Eastern time, following us on TMA each and every weekday. It is Craig Mish joining us for a preview of Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL playoffs. Craig, thank you very much for joining us here on a Thursday. Hi, Ben. Happy Thursday. Looking forward to the game Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like we had like 24 hours to recover from Monday night. Now here we're right back at it again for the weekend. We are, and we will be at it for the entirety of the weekend because as Craig mentions, a double header on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then a game even in the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend on Monday night. And Craig, we're going to start with the NFC side of things. Then we'll look at the AFC side of things in our second segment together here in just a couple of minutes. But let's begin with the reigning NFC champions, the number two seed in the NFC, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home this week against the Philadelphia Eagles laying eight and a half points a big spread but Craig we have also seen a ton of movement on this total it opened up at 49 and a hook now down by three and a half points to an over under of 46 that much movement on a total tells you what about this matchup Craig yeah I mean I think at this point no matter what Philadelphia has shown during the regular season and no matter what Tampa Bay has shown during the regular season this is going to be Philadelphia trying to do something that no one does against Tampa Bay, which is run the ball. And so I, I think to me, that's what it states. Essentially, uh, you know, Philadelphia is going to probably run the ball 30, 35 times in this one. It's the only chance to win to keep Tampa Bay's offense off the field. Uh, you know, beyond that, I, I think just in general for me this weekend, I tend to try to not have a short memory and not get caught up in the moment, being a prisoner of the moment. And look very heavily at all the underdogs this weekend and just try to figure out which ones of those are going to win outright. Because I do think of the five games that are going to be played this weekend, I don't think there's any doubt that one or two uh, outright underdogs are going to win. Now, this one in particular, I'm not necessarily sure. It does seem like Tampa Bay is probably going to head right back to the NFC Championship, whether they win or not, to me, is, is still uh, to be determined. But 
Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, I, I definitely think Philadelphia has a shot to stay in this game. Uh, the Bucks' opponents over the last few weeks were pretty weak, and I don't think they played particularly well. And they're also certainly banged up offensively, or at least missing some of those key pieces, because, Craig, five of the six games this weekend, we've already seen at least once during the regular season, including the Eagles and the Bucks, on a Thursday night back in the early portion of this NFL regular season. And Tampa in that game was led by Leonard Fournette on the ground, 22 carries over 80 yards and two rushing scores. Their leading receiver was Antonio Brown. Their second leading receiver was Chris Godwin. Those guys no longer a part of this Tampa Bay team here in the postseason. Of course, A.B. no longer a buck. Chris Godwin out for the year. Leonard Fournette was on injured reserve to end out the regular season, hoping to bring him back for some time in this postseason. So it's going to look a little bit different than it did that first time around. But the Eagles were a seven-point underdog in that game on Thursday night. They ended up late in that game making a push and covering a number. The eight-and-a-half-point spread this week, Craig, is the biggest spread working against Philadelphia all year long. But for the Bucs, it's a very comfortable position. 11 of their 17 games, the spread has been eight-and-a-half points or more as the favored side for the Buccaneers. So that's a big number. In the playoffs, eight-and-a-half points, how would you generally approach such a lofty spread? Yeah, I, I would take Philadelphia. I mean, it's pretty simple. I, I, I think that you look at it, and, and and the best that you can do at this point is take a look at Tampa Bay playing at full strength the last few weeks. The quality of opponents weren't really all that great. And in watching the games very closely for you know, wagering reasons and fantasy reasons, I just was not all that impressed. I think that losing Godwin is a very big deal to have Fournette back uh, you know, is great for them, but who knows if he's 100% healthy or where he's at. Antonio Brown, say what you want, was a big part of the team. But, you know, this is the kind of game where you could see it being 31-17. There's a few minutes left, and Philadelphia has the ball, and that's the position that I want to be in for a backdoor cover. So uh, I certainly don't think Philadelphia wins the game outright, but I don't think with a line of 8.5 you have to believe that. I think you just have to believe it's a close game. So. Uh, you know, they're, they're, again, there are going to be five games this weekend. My guess is having opinions on all five, I, I would say at the very least, I would pick three underdogs of the five. It's just the way that the first round usually goes. Yeah, certainly so. And it's the way that the NFL, for the most part, has gone this year. And Craig mentioned the ability or inability for most teams to run against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what we have this week is the top rushing offense in the NFL in the Eagles, averaging nearly 160 yards per game on the ground against the third best rushing defense in the league in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are only allowing their opponents to run for about 92 yards per game. And in that first matchup on a short week on a Thursday night, the Eagles only ran the ball for 100 yards. Something to keep in mind as we approach this matchup between Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. So, Craig, as we enter this opening round of the playoffs, I think it's a good reminder to take a look at how the stage is set across the NFC postseason. And right now, when you look at those NFC championship odds, of course, the number one overall seed, the Green Bay Packers, who are on a bye this week, the favorites at plus 170. Then behind them, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 330. Tampa's odds getting lesser by 70 cents from where they were entering the regular season finale. Plus 400, now plus 330. The Rams, the third best odds at plus 500. Cowboys, plus 600. And then it drops in to the wild card teams. The Niners at 10 to 1. The Cardinals at 12 to 1. And then a pretty good drop off to the Eagles at 30 to 1. So, Craig, when you look at the NFC Conference Championship Board, which of those prices stands out to you? 
It stands out that Dallas is six to one, and they're only a three-point favorite this week against San Francisco. It just tells you how how volatile this all can be. It feels like there's a bet to be made somewhere between uh, taking Dallas maybe this week on the money line or taking them to win the NFC Championship. But yeah, still the Buccaneers at three to one. I I, I do think that they're going to get to the NFC Championship, and whether or not Green Bay is there is really the key because if if the Bucks are at home playing in, in Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship, you would have to think that outside of Green Bay, they're going to be probably close to a touchdown favorite against any other team in the NFC. I know the Rams gave them fits earlier in the season, so it would be the Bucks at 3-1 to one for me. It's uh, I know some people are on, on the 49ers bandwagon, and I, and I definitely think they have a chance to beat Dallas this week, but at some point... Mm. You know they'll make they'll make some mistakes and slip up. Uh, they're definitely a live dog this week, but to win the entire NFC, even at ten to one, um, not for me. And, and look, Arizona on paper is probably the most dangerous long shot odds team, but the way that they have played in the second half of the season tells me they're in a similar situation in San Francisco, where I could see them beating the Rams, I could see them winning another game, but then having to go to Tampa Bay or Green Bay probably is the end for them. The Cardinals have lost four of their last five. Entering the playoffs, they will face a divisional foe in the L.A. Rams on Monday night. We'll talk about that game in just a couple of moments. But, Craig, the game you mentioned, the shortest spread of the weekend, the San Francisco 49ers on the road in Dallas. The Cowboys, a three-point favorite, also the loftiest total of the weekend as well, an over-under of 51. You mentioned the Niners could be a live dog. Do you think they are super live this weekend, maybe to even win outright? What's funny is that as when the line first came out, I think that kind of told me the story, which which is that the 49ers have an excellent chance to go to Dallas this week. But I get a little nervous as the week goes on and hearing people just discuss the game where everyone seems to be at this point on San Francisco. They're going to win. Look at the number. They're going to win. And then, and then as the week goes on, I start to get scared. Like, wait a second. If everybody is taking San Francisco, maybe that is not the right side. But, you know, I'll, I'll probably stick with the 49ers in this spot, but, but it, this is not my favorite game on the board here. I know for some people it is their favorite game, just basically blind betting uh, you know, San Francisco on the money line because of way, the way that they've played down the stretch. I think, Ben, in the end, what we have learned maybe about Dallas more than any other team, I think, in the AFC and the NFC playoffs is that they are the most unpredictable. I, I, I do I, The Raiders, to a degree, I think, have that element to them. But Dallas really does have that element to them. You know, they're, they're beating teams 51 to 30. They're losing to Denver 41 to 20. You know, I, I don't think that anybody truly knows uh, what they're going to be. They're a team that can absolutely go and win the Super Bowl. And they're a team that absolutely can lose this week. So not my favorite game. I would lean towards San Francisco. But uh, as the week has gone on, it's, it hasn't been as, as strong for me. Because it feels like everybody is taking them. That can't be the right side. And right now, that line has it moved from an opener. Dallas was favored by three, and that's still where the number stands as it pertains to the spread. The total catches my eye. It's the biggest of the weekend with an over-under of 51. Now, the Niners went over last week in their regular season finale in overtime against the Rams, but played to an under in the four straight games prior. Dallas has gone over in two of their final three games against divisional foes where they scored 50 or more points, but under in four of their last six. I look at that total, and I think it's getting a little bit too big. It's increased by a hook from an opener of 50 and a half 
now to 51. Something to keep in mind for that game. Quickly here, Craig, just a couple of thoughts. Obviously, we'll have more days to break down the game on Monday night between the Cardinals and the Rams, but an NFC West divisional duel, the third meeting between these two. They've split the season series. Who do you think takes game number three? Gosh, I hate Arizona. I, I really don't like the way that they've looked down the stretch, but uh, you've seen this line, you know, basically get chopped from four and a half, four down to three and a half. And I think there's good reason yeah. for that. The Rams, you know, certainly are not getting great quarterback play from Matthew Stafford, but talent wise, I do think they have enough. My guess is, you know, minutes left in the game, Ben, and, uh, you know, the Rams are up three and the Cardinals have the ball and I, and I want to be on the dog side, but, uh, you know, I'll probably just lean Arizona here. I mean, it's a good spot for the Arizona Cardinals to be a road underdog. 8-1 and one straight up and ATS away from home this year. And a perfect 6-0 and oh ATS and straight up in every game booked as a dog so far this season. From the NFC to the AFC, up next here on the morning after on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. From the NFC over to the other conference in the AFC as the postseason starts in the National Football League in just two days. You are watching the morning after all across the Sports Grid Network and listening on Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Craig Mish, the host of Fantasy Sports Today for a second straight segment. We are going to preview the games in the AFC that both start on a Saturday doubleheader just two days from now between the Bengals and the Raiders, the Pats and the Bills. But Craig, let's start with the biggest spread of the entire week. And the number two seed in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs at home inside the friendly confines of Arrowhead Lane, 12 and a half points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It could be the last game we see of Ben Roethlisberger in an NFL football game. And yesterday, after practice for the Steelers, he said, yeah, we know that we're not favored to win. We know the spread is pretty big in this game. So we're just going to go out and have fun. Why not? 12 and a half points. Craig, do you think the Steelers can have enough fun that they at least cover that big number? This is probably the only favorite of the weekend that that I would I would probably lean toward just because I, I look the Steelers were just not a great football team all season long. They found a way to keep it close. They got themselves into the playoffs by virtue of beating Baltimore in in what Ben the last three minutes of the game. I mean that's or you know or in overtime like basically Tomlin's decision uh, on fourth and one on the forty that everyone was crushing it before he ends up punting. They go to overtime and win. Um, yeah, I mean Kansas City is just much much better than Pittsburgh and outside of Kansas City you know facing the Raiders who they dominated so badly during the season I just don't think Pittsburgh stands a chance in this game now look I mean in the end is there a chance Pittsburgh you know, gets the backdoor cover of course that's going to exist in every single game here but I don't I don't see I don't see Kansas City letting up at all in this game they have no running game to speak of all Pittsburgh does well essentially is run uh, you know, conditions not best for Pittsburgh as well. So definitely of all of the games this weekend and all of the big favorites, I can't find a path for for the Steelers in this one. So my lean would definitely be toward Kansas City here. And it, I wouldn't be surprised by the time Sunday comes that this doesn't get up to 14. 
Yeah, and we mentioned this. All but one of the six matchups that we have in Super Wild Card Weekend. Five of the six we've already seen at least once in the regular season. This one not too long ago, just back in week number 16, also in Kansas City. The Chiefs winning that game 36-10. to They shut out the Steelers in the first half. Had a 25-0 halftime break. And we know that Pittsburgh has had very, very slow starts this year. The second-worst scoring offense in the first half in the NFL this year, averaging just 6.7 points per game. In comparison, KC, the third-best scoring offense in the NFL in the first half. So if 12.5 seems a little bit big to you, maybe you look at a first-half line. But the Chiefs should be in control of this football game that game back in week 16 it was the ending game of an eight game win streak for kansas city an ending game of a six game cover streak for the chiefs the steelers have been good as an underdog this year against the numbers seven and four ats six of those seven covers the pittsburgh steelers have won outright including the final two weeks of the regular season to get to this point in the postseason this is a different test getting 12 and a half points on the road in kansas city against the Chiefs so Craig as we did in the NFC we'll do the same for the AFC lay out the conference championship picture as we enter the postseason now not uh, unlike the NFC where the number one overall seed is the favorite to win in the AFC the number two seed in the Kansas City Chiefs the favorites to win the conference crown plus 175 right now is Kansas City in this market the Tennessee Titans who have the week off and home field advantage as the number one overall seed in the AFC playoffs, the second best odds at plus 310, then Buffalo behind them at plus 350. So, Craig, when you look at those odds, you see the Bengals behind, then you see the Patriots, the Raiders, and then those Steelers. Any of those prices jump out at you? It's very clear the AFC, Ben, has just not been nearly as good or consistent as the NFC. So this is where you're going to throw that dart. I think this is it. You throw a dart at the Patriots. You throw a dart at the Raiders. You know, and, and again, you're not looking to win the bet. You're looking to get to the AFC championship and then hedge your way in half and make your money. I mean, that's really the way that yep. this is done. I mean, anybody betting these in long shots, that's basically all you have to do. Uh, I, I think things are going to get wacky in the AFC. I know Tennessee is the number one seed. I don't fully trust them. Kansas City, you haven't been able to trust them in, what, 13 out of the 17 games that they played this season? Uh, you know, has Buffalo ever played their best football this year? I don't think so. So uh, I don't have any doubt that uh, Raiders, Patriots, one, if not both, are going to win this weekend. Something crazy is going to happen in the AFC. And then you just kind of, you know, head your way there to the end, Ben. So... You know, look, look for one of those two teams, either uh, New England or Las Vegas, to get to the championship, and then you're holding a ticket for you know a ten to one or a twenty-seven to one, and then just make sure that when you get there, that you are you know hedging your way against whoever they play, whether it is Buffalo or whether it is Kansas City or even Tennessee. I mean, Craig's spot on. The AFC has been full of chaos all year long. I mean, think about the finale of the regular season that even allowed us to get to this point. The reason it was so chaotic is because the Indianapolis Colts, as a 15-and-a-half-point favorite, couldn't even win a football game on the road in Jacksonville. That opened up the door for the potential tie in Sunday night football that allowed the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime to beat the Ravens to get into the postseason, and that was toward the bottom half of the conference. We haven't seen even the favorites in the AFC be consistent all year long so i think like craig the afc is very very up in the air and you could make the argument with kc being the number two seed but still a short favorite at plus 175 
anybody behind them has a ton of value. I mean, Tennessee's odds to win the AFC championship entering week 18 when all they had to do was beat the Texans as a double-digit favorite, plus 450. We said as soon as they clinch and officially clinch that number one seed, their odds were going to be dropped tremendously. And sure enough, from plus 450 now to plus 310 with the bye week, the home field advantage, and getting Derrick Henry back, hopefully, when the postseason begins for the Tennessee Titans next weekend in the divisional round. But, Craig, one of the most fascinating games to me out of the six that we have in Super Wild Card Weekend is the first game of the bunch. Saturday afternoon, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time kick out in Cincinnati. The first of a doubleheader, the Bengals hosting the Raiders. Cincy now a four-and-a-half-point favorite, the over-under 48 in a hook. The line opened with the Bengals being favored by six and a half points. It dropped down to four and a half yesterday, got back up to five and a half, now four and a half once again this morning on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Craig, so much line movement already in this number between Las Vegas and Cincinnati. How do you make sense of it? I think the Raiders have a great chance to win this game. I, I know that they played Monday night and they got to travel and they got to play in a short week against Cincinnati but uh, they are riding massive, massive momentum off that Monday night game and feeling like basically they can accomplish anything, I think, at this point. They've won a bunch of games down the stretch. Uh, look, Cincinnati, they've been very much been up and down this season. These two teams played earlier this season. It was a slog fest, lots of running. You know, you know to me, Zach Taylor, the coach of Cincinnati, is very good, but it feels like when the games get tight, they get very conservative. And, and I think the Raiders at the end of the game are going to have a chance to win this um, total also feels really high at 48 and a half. The Raiders just want to win this game 19-17. I understand what happened in that game against the Chargers where it's sort of, you know, things uh, sort of, uh, you know, skyrocketed at the end with Herbert throwing throwing constantly down the stretch. But uh, those two wins for, for the Raiders, I, I don't think the Bengals' offensive line is going to be able to keep up with uh, Crosby and Ngakwe. I, I feel like a really great close game is coming in the first game on Saturday. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously the five and a half was much better than the four and a half or the five, but I, I think the Raiders have a chance to be uh, a team that wins outright on Saturday for sure. Craig, the Raiders have done something incredibly fascinating to me this year when booked as an underdog. Vegas has been an underdog in 11 of the 17 regular season games. They are 7-4 and four against the spread in those 11 games as a dog, but all seven covers have been outright wins. So if you like the points in the Raiders, maybe you then sprinkle on the money line as well for an outright victory, given the strong trends leading you to that point. Cincinnati covered in three of their final four games to end out the regular season. Of course, not last week. We don't really count that game. Joe Burrow and a bunch of starters for Cincinnati sitting out. But Craig mentioned the first game between the Bengals and the Raiders. It was an interesting game. Since he won big, 32-13, to but it was more Joe Mixon than Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Joe Mixon ran the ball 30 times for 123 yards and two scores against this Vegas Raiders team. It snapped a two-game skid at the time for Cincinnati. Since that loss for the Raiders, though, they won five of their final seven football games to get here into the postseason. Now, I agree with Craig. The total for this game, and as you're seeing the Raiders' offense right now, it hasn't been all that great outside of last week in the regular season finale against the Chargers. That game, sure, 
went over, but the Raiders three unders prior to that, and in the five games prior to the regular season finale, the Raiders offense just averaging 16 points per game. I know Cincy can score, tie for the seventh best scoring offense in all the NFL this year, but Craig, a couple of these numbers, whether it be this game between Cincinnati and Las Vegas, or even in the NFC side of things, San Francisco and Dallas, the total seems a little bit lofty, and at least in my opinion, when you get to playoff football, it becomes a little bit tighter of an affair as opposed to free-flowing and high-scoring. Do you think that's the assessment heading into this weekend? Yeah, I, I think some of the games, you definitely can factor that in. And, and in this one in particular, I, I do agree with the assessment because you know we're, we're going off recent history with Cincinnati, and the last piece of recent history that we are kind of closing our eyes and dreaming about is Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase for 200 yards on the outside and T Higgins for another hundred in a game where they decided at the end of the game, they were going to stick it to Baltimore because of the things that they said about them during the week. Now I'm not saying that Cincinnati can't do that to anyone because certainly they can, but they have played in a lot of low scoring tight games this season. And I do think that we're headed for another one on Saturday. So you know, again, Ben, a team first-time playoffs for a lot of these guys, Chase, Higgins, Burrow, yeah. probably everybody in, on offense and defense for the Bengals, and I think they're all seeing this for the first time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the way that I see that one. And, and, look, the only thing in the Dallas game in particular that worries you a little bit in terms of a total is the mistakes that Jimmy G can make, okay? Because, you know, yeah. again, he's on his five-yard line, he throws a pick six, and you got Diggs running the other way for a touchdown. I mean, that definitely – is an element there that I don't think that that Raiders Bengals game has. I don't think you're going to see a ton of turnovers in that game. I think more conservative play calling. The playoff debuts for a ton of people in Cincinnati. The Bengals have not won a playoff game since 1991. The playoff debut as well for Derek Carr on the other side for the Las Vegas Raiders. The lowest total of the weekend, an over-under of 44 points between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. A third meeting between the two. And Craig, we all remember the first game in Western New York early on on a Monday night. Blustery cold conditions. The Pats threw the ball three times. They won that game 14 to 10. Do you think we can expect something similar this time around in Buffalo? I think New England has a great shot in this one as well. As long as I've been watching these Saturday wildcard weekend games, it feels like not only are the underdogs winning, Ben, but they're winning outright. Moneyline parlay maybe on both sides here. Uh, New England, a wonderful opportunity to win this one. And there's no way that this gets away from them. It's just a matter of, you know, can Buffalo win this game late? I mean, Buffalo has struggled offensively in the first half of almost every game that I've seen in the last six weeks. So points for sure on the side of New England. Uh, you know, a little lean toward the under here. But, uh, you know, it, it, Buffalo end game strategy seems to be throwing a lot more than running lately. So uh, that, that's where I stand with that. Craig Mish, one of the hosts of Fantasy Sports Today, each and every weekday, noon Eastern time, following us here on the morning after. Craig, thanks so much for your expertise. Have a great NFL playoff weekend. How are you too, Ben? We round out the first hour of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
rounding out our number one of the morning after on this Thursday right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Just two days away from the start of the NFL playoffs. In the first game up, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bengals right now, a four and a half point favorite. But we have already seen such tremendous line movement early in the week pertaining to the first game up of the Saturday doubleheader in the NFL postseason. So I wanted to hear from you. How does the public feel about this game where the line has been going back and forth, back and forth, and we're still over 48 hours out? Let's find out how you feel and fade the public. So pretty simply, ask the public, what is the best bet? For the Raiders and the Bengals, the two op- the four options rather at this time of this ongoing and active poll at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. This line had it early this morning when the Raiders were a five and a half point dog. Now it's four and a half points. So that taken into consideration here for this poll, but very tightly contested out of three of these four answers. Right now, most of the public going with the Bengals as the favored side, about 34% of the public out there but only 31 percent right behind the Raiders as the underdog and then 27 percent or so taking the over of the total at 48 and a hook not many people believing in the under right now not many public betters love an under especially to start off the NFL postseason but I actually think the under is in play it seems a little bit lofty we have seen this spread move like crazy since he opened up as a six and a half point favorite it got down to four and a half yesterday then up to five and a half in the afternoon now currently once again the Bengals favored by four and a half points at home against the Raiders the over under 48 and a hook that's where it opened it got up to 49 and a half now back down by a point to 48 and a hook our number two of TMA is up next on the other side of the break here on sports grid but not before a sports Grid News Update with our very own Alex Fasano. Stay with us on The Grid.